This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. Welcome to my forecast discussion for Friday, September 18th. Today should be showery, some clouds, and highs only around 65 degrees. Uh, the big issue is that there's a low pressure center offshore. It's weakening. It's approaching the coast, and that is producing uplift that's giving us clouds and precipitation. Now, in front of this system, there'll be some southerly flow. So today, there will be some of that polluted air from the fires moving up into western Washington. So air quality should be similar today as yesterday, which was a bit of an improvement, especially on the coast. Now, Saturday will be showery in the morning and then warming to to probably the upper 60s. Uh, But the key thing is that we expect a big change in the air quality because on Saturday, the flow will switch into a northwesterly direction and strengthen. And that'll occur as a ridge of high pressure builds over the eastern Pacific. And so with air coming from the west to the northwest and much stronger, there'll not only be a lot of mixing, but we'll we'll be bringing in fairly clean air off of the Pacific Ocean. We'll we'll be cut off from that polluted air from the fires to the south, both in Oregon and in California. And again, temperatures probably will get up to upper 60s to around 70, so pretty decent. Sunday, I think it'll be a decent day. Uh, It'll be sunny, mostly sunny, highs around 70. It is possible that the air quality might decline a little bit on Sunday because the winds are going to weaken. Now, I think this is the end of the real bad stuff for us. But the big change is midweek. The jet stream is going to strengthen and move over us. And we're going to get fairly strong flow from the southwest, much stronger winds, weather systems coming in. And I think this cool, blustery weather with showers will really clean up the air. So, you know, with this clean Pacific air moving in, I think the air quality issues will be over, hopefully, for the rest of the season. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. Well, welcome back. Today, I'd like to talk a bit about why it has been so difficult to get the smoke forecast right. And to begin, you know, how does the National Weather Service make smoke forecasts that we, that we use and, and it's been on the media a lot? Well, the first thing we have to do is know where the fires are. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the location and intensity of the fires can be determined by weather satellites. We have weather satellites that sense how much radiation is being emitted from the surface of the planet. And it turns out that the amount of radiation tells us something about temperature, and we can actually see the fires with the weather satellites and tell how hot they are and how much is burning. So that's the first thing. What happens next is the National Weather Service and NOAA, what they do is they use this information about the fire intensity in fire simulation models. These are models that actually simulate how much is burning 
Uh, they consider how much fuel they think is on the ground. We have measurements about that. And we know how much fire. We simulate how much fire is burning stuff up and then how much smoke is being created. And these models actually distribute the smoke in the vertical. So we know where the fires are. We get an estimate of how much is burning. We get that smoke and we mix it in, in the vertical. We put it in the vertical where we think it should belong. Okay, that's the next step. Then we take the smoke and put that into atmospheric models that simulate the full physics of the atmosphere, can move the smoke around, do all these things, okay? Basically, weather forecast models that, in, that include smoke. And these models can also figure out how this smoke is affecting solar radiation. Is it reflecting it to space? Is it absorbing it? All those kind of radiative effects that affect temperature, the, mo the atmospheric model can do that. Okay, now that's how we do go about doing this. And one of the most well-known models that I've shown on my blog a lot is called HER smoke, the high resolution rapid refresh smoke model. And this is created by the NOAA National Weather Service. Okay, now this is the point. The initial forecasts from this modeling system, HER smoke, were extraordinarily good the first few days of this event. I mean, meteorologists like myself were feeling really too good, really good about it. And we were maybe a little bit too confident in the skill of the model. So after the first few days where we basically nailed, you know, the smoke coming into uh, Western Washington, Western Oregon, as we got into the event, things went bad the first those those next few days. What was happening is the model kept on mixing out of the, sm the smoke out of the lower atmosphere, and, uh, and it was pulling the smoke out too quickly, and that produced forecasts that had too little smoke, okay? So it was giving these optimistic forecasts, especially in the coast and also in western Washington. And after humans like myself figured out what was going on, we began to compensate for it and give a much more pessimistic forecast. So the question you should ask is what went wrong? Well, I think I know what went wrong. I think meteorologists know what went wrong. Um, as the smoke layer settled into place and the smoke was predominantly in the lower atmosphere, but there was some higher up, the smoke at low levels resulted in the development of a layer of cold, dense air near the surface. Why? Because the smoke reflects the solar radiation, scatters the solar radiation back into space. It prevented the solar radiation from getting to the surface. So the lower atmosphere was getting cooler and cooler because of the smoke. And in fact, it got even more complicated than that. The cooling also resulted in some stratus and fog, which, in, which also helped cool things off. And so we had this cool, dense air near the surface. It was very stable, hard to move, hard to mix out. Now, here's the problem. The HER model, the HER you know, weather model, underplayed the cooling. It missed some of the cooling effects, uh, some, of, some of the aspects of how cloud droplets form and things like that. And also, the HER model shares a problem with many other weather prediction models. And that is when we have a stable situation where the, you have cold air near the surface and the air is kind of stuck there. These, the models we have today tend to mix things out too much. Okay, they're over-mixy is, is what the way we call it. This is a problem with what we call the planetary boundary layer scheme, the part of the model that describes how things mix in the lower atmospheres. Okay?
Now, in some regions, particularly near the coast in western Washington, the her really thinned the smoke layer way too much and provided a very optimistic forecast that was not accurate. In real world, that cold, smoky layer had much more staying power. Now, humans had to, to compensate, and the Weather Service did a wonderful job in compensating for the errors. But it took us a day or two before we really understood what was going on and what are some of the problems. Now, in the future, as weather forecasting models improve, as we uh, you know, can get this mixing right in the models, I think the errors should, should lessen. Okay, So I think I'm pretty confident about that. Also, it is possible that we might be able to use statistical techniques uh, such as machine learning to automatically flag that we're getting such errors and then to compensate for them. I think we could do a lot with statistics. Anyway, this is the kind of, of problem that makes an atmospheric researcher like myself smile. This is the fun we look forward to, to see a, an important defect in the model one that has a big impact on human beings and, and how we manage society and to try to fix the problem. Anyway, I hope, I hope you found this interesting and useful. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.